once a year, uh, usually close to the start of the year actually, we give, we kind of give over a Sunday to just to chat through at least something of where we're going as a church over the year ahead. Not, not everything, but, but just a couple of things that we feel we really want to bring to your attention. And, uh, and that's what today's really about. It's a chance to present some things to you. There's so much going on in the church right now, and there are so many doors that God is opening up, and uh, we're kind of running to catch up a little bit. Uh, but uh, hey, we want to just mention a couple of things for you to pray about and to think forward as we go forward, think about as we go forward as a church. Um, but before I do that, go into that, I want to bring a bit of biblical context here. And Abraham is great for this, uh, this particular aspect of church life. And uh, I turn to Genesis chapter 12. You might want to turn to that in your Bibles if you have it there or your phone, flick onto that page uh, or I grab someone else's phone and do that. Um, but this is chapter 12 of, Gen of Genesis, and this is God speaking to Abram. And he says, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Father, we thank you for this amazing promise that you gave this man. And Father, we thank you for the promises you give us too. And I pray that as we just take note of Abraham and what you did in his life, so Father, we would have a, a perspective on what you're doing among us as a people and in our own lives as well, individually. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Abraham was a man who received promises from God. And, and that word promise is kind of key. It's an interesting term, really. We use it in all kinds of ways these days. Uh, and to explain what I mean by interest or interesting term, I need to go back to one of the most climactic events of recent times for me, traumatic, I would say. Uh, and that was when I found out that I was going to be a grandfather. Uh, it was traumatic for me. All right, very traumatic because when I heard that I was going to be a granddad, I didn't respond very well, I have to say. Uh, my first thought was, well, that's it then. You know, the, the sunset of my life is now happening. And uh, I might as well just go home and draw the curtains and put my house in order and wait for the end. And uh, I, I didn't handle it well, I have to say, I didn't handle it well. And uh, before I knew it, I spiraled into what I remember thinking was a midlife crisis only to realize that I'm now too old for a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I went into an older life crisis. I was not in a good place. And in the end, I think, uh, I think Julie had to talk to me about that. I don't know, she kind of told me to sort myself out or get over it or grow up. Uh, kind of thing she's had to say to me periodically throughout our marriage life, actually. Um, but actually, I have to say this, becoming a granddad has turned out to be one of the most fun uh, enjoyable and fulfilling times in my life. I, I have to say that. I totally love it to have these little humans climbing all over you who are discovering so much for the first time. I mean, young parents, you'll know exactly what this is like. You look at your own little ones. And they seem, and this is the expression, they seem so full of promise. They seem so full of promise. And I guess, uh, I guess what we mean by that is that they're full of potential. There's so much in them that's still to come out. 
And, uh, and we use that term in that context quite a bit, don't we? We say, she's a promising athlete, or, 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 or he's a promising rugby player, or, or she's a promising student, or, or even politician, or whatever it may be. And that's often how we talk about promise, and sometimes, sometimes that promise is fulfilled, and um, sometimes, unfortunately, it's not, uh, if we look around at various people's uh, lives. But actually, you know, when you become a Christian, I just want to say to you, when you give your life to Jesus, something astonishing happens. Your whole life changes, and it changes in this respect. Suddenly, your life is full of promise. If you give your life to Jesus, your life is full of promise. And that's because you're now on the receiving end of some incredible promises that you didn't have before. Before you give your life to Jesus, you're aimlessly floating around on the ocean, doing the best you can with what you got. But when you give your life to Jesus, suddenly you are a receiver of promises, amazing promises. I think of John 3.16, whoever believes in me will not perish, but have life eternal. That's some promise. That is some promise. We will live forever. I think of 1 John 3.2, when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. One day, I will be like Jesus. Think of the glorified Christ. One day, we shall see one another 10,000 years from now, and we'll just slap each other on the back and say, wow, you look like him too. (laughs) We will look like Jesus. And then there's the last book of the Bible, Revelation 21, where it promises a new heaven and a new earth, where God will truly be among us, And it says he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. What a promise. It's beautiful, isn't it? What a promise. Huge promises. And of course, you know, we have amazing promises for this life too. How about Matthew 28? I will be with you always until the end of the age. It's a great promise. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 13, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's a great promise. Philippians 1, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. That's a great promise. And there are many, many other promises in Scripture. And then on top of all of that, we're also given more specific promises for our lives. Prophetic promises. Promises for your children, promises for your job or your ministry or calling, promises to move here or there or or wherever, prophetic promises, promises God gives you personally, what he'll do in you and with you and through you. And certainly in my life, I tell you what, I'm so grateful for the promises I've received from God, the prophetic promises. I was thinking about this just the other day, way back in 1984, way back in 1984. I remember going to the UK as a young man, I was 21 years old, and, and then in 1985 I went to a camp where a lot of churches came together, the New Frontiers Camp, and it wasn't called that then, and I heard this guy speak, Terry, Terry Virgo, the kind of father, really, of the movement of New, New Frontiers uh, over the years. And, uh, and I remember hearing him preach on God's heart to restore the church, restoration in the church, restoring it to its glorious destiny. 
And I tell you, that talk, that one talk in 1985 had a profound effect on me. And in fact, as he spoke, I felt God say two things to me. One, he spoke to me about what he would do with my life, that I would give my life to seeing churches like this come through. That was one thing. And then number two, that for me, it would largely happen in this land, in New Zealand. And that was back in 1985. Uh, and God did that. In other words, as far back as 85, God had already promised me that he would establish a church back here in the Wellington area, uh, a church full of the Spirit and full of grace and the real deal. Uh, God's promised me that. Now, of course, the thing is this. The thing is that uh, receiving a promise doesn't mean it's going to just drop out of the sky. I hope you realize that. Uh, as we know, there are battles and there are struggles. And uh, and I know when we eventually planted this church way back in, way back in 2002 slash 2003, um, you know, it wasn't easy. We did it with a number of families from the UK. A number of, number of them came out. In fact, I discovered a photo. This is the photo of our first few weeks, really, as the church. We gathered a few strays in there as well as we did that. And, uh, of course, God's moved a lot of them on. But you can recognize a few. There's, there's a very young Tim there. Very young Tim. Very young Tim. Uh, Sally, very young over there. Julie hasn't changed a bit. There's, uh, there's Sam on the left there. Sam, young Sam, little Sam. You see him there? It's Sam. So there's a few of us there. Of course, you can't see me because I'm taking the photo, but take my word for it. Back then, I was young and dashing and uh, you know, black hair, all gone. Um, but those were the early days. And uh, for those of you who weren't there, just to say those years were, were pretty hard, especially the first year or two, because when people were trying to find houses and jobs and schools, and, and, and some of them had moved over from the UK, never been to this country before, one or two of them. <laughs> and pretty much every Sunday morning there would be tears, either because it was too hard or because they were missing family. Every Sunday someone was crying. And uh, I began to think, well, uh, is this going to be us as a church then? Are we going to be the, the crying church? <laughs> Some churches are known for, known for power. You know. Some are known for the word. We're going to be known for our tears. And, uh, and then there was the stress of it as well. It was very stressful. I remember pretty well every Sunday morning, I'd preach faith to this handful sitting on my floor in the lounge. Preach faith. It's going to be all right. God's with us. But then late at night or in the early hours, I'd be pacing the floor saying, God, you must come through for us. There are families who have uprooted and come the other side of the world. You must fulfill your promises. And I remember wrestling and praying that through. So, so many of us know, many of us know that the fulfillment of promises doesn't just drop out of the sky. And what I want to do briefly this morning is look at this guy, Abraham, because he learned how to handle promises from God, and he could teach us as a church a thing or two as we look at some of our promises going forward, all right? So that's what I want to do. And the first thing is just to go back and look at the actual promise that God gave him. Underlined, I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, that is a big promise, an amazing promise. And it's, not, it's really not small at all. Imagine if God said that to you. I mean, it would go to your head, wouldn't it? All right? Imagine if someone came up to you and said, hey, what's God saying to you lately? And you were to say, well, actually, I'm going to be a blessing to all nations. <laughs> You'd be unbearable. I mean, you would be unbearable. It's a huge promise. And in fact, it's especially impossible in this case because Abraham's already 75 years old 
and he hasn't been able to have a child. And now he has this promise, I'll make you into a great nation. In other words, you will have children. So it's an amazing promise from God in both its scale and also its human impossibility because Abraham is too old. And you know, in the same way, as a church, you know what? (laughs) I believe we have amazing promises from God that are also large scale and humanly impossible. It's not that different. I mean, just to remind you of a few this morning, God promised that he would establish in this area, this Wellington area, that he would establish a truly grace-filled, spirit-filled, word-honoring community, full of his presence and glory and love, functioning in the way Jesus always intended his New Testament church to function, with the priesthood of all believers, not as a cliche or a tradition, but as a truth, and servant leadership that equips the saints for the works of service. Hallelujah. And this church would eventually plant out congregations and churches into the region and beyond. Now, now that's some promise. And as the years have gone by, people like those from the King's Arms have come in among us and helped us unpack this great promise a bit more. In other words, we're also going to be this, a a church that is happy and and enjoying being the children of God, uh, the power of the kingdom, a church which is a home for every culture, a church of fathers, a church for our grandkids and beyond, an apostolic resource base for the nation, and more, and more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All part of our great promise. And then some prophecies have, have, have talked about pace and momentum and speed as well. So there's a, a prophecy of a stone being thrown into a pond and, and, and circles radiating out 10K and 25K and 50K and 250K, speaking of, I guess, influence beyond ourselves. Yeah. And then another promise was of actually sudden growth and expansion that would take us a little bit by surprise. thing is, if you put all these things together, they become huge promises, some more long-term, some short-term, but they're all from God. And and just like the promises given to Abraham, huge in scale and humanly impossible. Now, Now, coming back to Abraham, there are a couple of things we can learn from him about these kinds of promises. And so I'm talking about the church this morning, but also you will have promises too. So we need to learn from Abraham. And the first thing I learn is this about him. It's the need to position yourself to receive the fulfillment of a promise, right? God gives a promise, but you do need to do something. Abraham had to do something. He couldn't just stay way back in his hometown, Ur of the Chaldees, sitting by the pool or in his favorite armchair thinking, what promises I have. Hallelujah. No, 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 he had to do something. Under God's direction, God said to him, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. In other words, you need to keep in step with me, Abraham. I'm taking you somewhere. And that's really important. There were practical steps he had to go to where the promise could begin to be fulfilled. And and actually, you know what? It's no different to us. We need to move with the promises and keep in step with God. You know, the photo earlier was kind of cute. We look so young. But listen, if we had stayed in our house and never moved out, guess what? We'd still be there and still be that size. And my house would be trashed. 
So it's a good thing we moved out. We had to move out. We had to position ourselves for the more. We had to follow his steps into bigger venues than we did. And, and we did other things too in our early days. We grew our leadership and discipled young people and drew people into lead groups and alphas and, and so on and so forth. In other words, step by step, we responded to the promises. And actually, we've been doing that ever since. And so we've increased our staffing and we've got some offices and yeah, we've upped our finances and we've released more ministry. You know, it's like the song we sometimes sing, step by step we're moving forward. Uh, little by little we're taking ground. We've done that. Now, the thing is this, folks, and this is where I'm getting to the nub of what I want to say. The thing is, thing is, today as we look at our promises once again, as we look at what God is doing among us, listen, I want to suggest we need to move another step or two. I, I really do. We need to move another step or two. I mean, we do sense God is moving us forward, don't we? Don't we? Yes, we do. Just nod and smile. Yes, Pete, we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen, brother. Amen. We do. We do. God is moving us forward. And, and so uh, another step. And, and so and he's moving among us. So we sense something in the air. I mean, man, this last week praying... Just sensing God lifting our gaze. I'm with you. I'm for you to break through, break through. We're moving. And so we need to move. We need to stretch. We need to keep up with what God is doing. In all kinds of areas, actually, too many for me to mention. So I want to just highlight a few. I mean, just practically for a second, even in terms of Sunday mornings, for goodness sake. Sunday mornings. You know, we have a team that sets up, who, who gets here before anybody else does and who leaves long after we're gone. Could I have the setup team who are here stand, please? Could you just stand? I think of, I don't know whether Marty's around or Jacques or, or, or where's Detender and Francis and maybe one or two others. Could you just stand? Thank you, Wayne. Thank you. Yeah, Hannes, thank you so much. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Please stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Because there are other teams that work here as well. Welcome team. And I think of, uh, yeah, hospitality teams. And I think of sound teams. Could you all just stand up? Those of you who are involved in a set up on a Sunday morning, could you all just stand up, please? Just stand up. Come on, let's really honour these folks. Well done. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. We so appreciate all that you give. Thank you so much. Please grab your seats again. But we just want to take a moment to say thank you, really. And just to highlight something, and that is, you know, these teams aren't going to get any smaller because God is getting us bigger. All right, just to let you know that. So we actually need, we need helpers. And uh, can I just say, look, if you are quite new here, uh, can I ask you to come on in and help? You know, it's a great way to connect with people, get to know people, feel part of the family. Uh, next to you will be a little card like this with boxes on there with suggestions of ways that you can serve. I, I really mean it. Look, could you think about this, pray about it, and tick a box all right, it's a way, even to say, I've only been here for, this is my first time this morning. Hey, tick a box, tick a box. <laughs> I saw someone for the first time this morning handing these out on the seats. And I said, well, you should, you're a visitor, you shouldn't be doing this. But he was just greatly, just happy to serve. I mean, it's beautiful. How wonderful is that? So, yeah, please think about that. And then, of course, there are other areas too. Listen, what about the kids? There is the kids' work. Can I just say, and you don't need me to tell you, but it's just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. We have more and more children than we've ever had. We have so many kids coming through now and among us. Can I ask all those who, I know there are some teaching the kids now, but all those in here who work with the kids, could you please stand? 
Could you stand? Could you stand? Thank you so much for what you do. Come on, let's really applaud them. They're putting themselves out there time and time again. Thank you so much for what you do. Look, you need to understand this ministry is under-resourced only because we want it to be the best. Yeah? I mean, you see, we could just herd all the kids into a room and throw chocolates at them. (laughs) But we want them to meet God. We want them to hear God. There's an old statistic I used to know. You know, it said this, 80% of all on the mission field first heard the call from God when they were nine years and under. Think about that. Think about that. Little ones hearing the call of God and changing their lives. Guys, can I just say and make it really clear, the kids' ministry is a high ministry in the heart of God. It is where God's grace is active. His heart is for these ones. His heart is for them. So can I ask you again to prayerfully consider being part of the team, whether it's just helping out or whatever it may be, whether you have kids yourself or not. In fact, can I just for a second ask us to pray because this is such a key ministry. Bit of audience participation. Look, could I ask you to stand with me? This is critical. We want families to be changed and affected because our kids are on fire for God. They're encountering Him. We want kids to be prophesying and seeing visions, healing the sick. Father, we do. We just present this ministry to you. We thank you so much for those who serve so hard among them. But Lord, we know this is where your heart is. And we pray, please, Please speak to us again. One or two, three, four, around the room, five or six. Lord, speak to us. We say we are your servants and we will go go where your heart is, which is amongst the young. So, Father, we pray even now speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Please sit down. Please sit down. But now please have the boldness when you felt that prompting from God to pick up that card and tick a box. Even if it's helping, I know those who teach will be so blessed, but there may also be teachers among us. This is where God will grace you. Amen. So that's the Sunday morning kids. And of course, there's the worship team. Hey, worship team, thank you so much. Come on. They give of themselves. They work hard. And look, if you play an instrument, if you secretly play the egg and no one else knows about it, or if you've been known to hide in your bedroom and play in the triangle, Listen, now's the time to come forth and see Jack and see Jack. Listen, even beyond the Sunday morning factors, we need to see leaders coming through to lead. We need new connect groups. In fact, we could do with another two or three right now. People are coming in and uh, they're saying, want to connect, want to be part of a group. And we're working hard, scurrying around, working on some groups. But hey, listen, if you have never led a group before, but you're thinking, well, I might like to have a go. I feel like being stirred. Or if you have led a group before and you're feeling stirred, can I ask you to come and see me? We'd love to talk with you about it. We'd love to help you, train you, coach you, stand with you, uh, get you in there. And I, 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 Connect groups are such a critical part of what we are. 
It's about building God-breathed community and to host, to have a people in your home and to create a context where they can connect with God and with each other. What a great way to use your home. Precious thing. See lives changed in your lounge. We meet our connect groups every two weeks, not every week, every two. So look, if you've never led a group before, if you have, can I suggest to you it's a new season, text me, email me, tap me on the shoulder and say, here I am, and we'll talk about it. We'd love to work on that one. Of course, there are other areas too, which of course brings me to eldership. And you know that for the last several years, Phil and I have been elders here at King's Church, and uh, it's been fun, hasn't it, Phil? Yes. Yeah, fun. <laughs> We do laugh quite a bit together. Often it's hysterical or nervous, but we do laugh, don't we? But hey, we're a bit like the odd kicker couple, aren't we, really? And, uh, or Laurel and Hardy, or whatever else you might want to call us. We know that, hey, in this next season, we need more. We need to see more. And, uh, but we've held back, really, because we love the apostolic. And uh, we felt we needed to wait for Simon, Holly, and Phil to come over from the King's Arms and speak into that, and they did. And it's with their counsel that we're now looking for Nat Carey to join our eldership team. Yeah, could you stand up? Minnie and Nat, could you stand up? Could you, both of you stand up? Minnie and Nat. Can I, can I just say that the, this is a phenomenal couple who are already operating really in this kind of sphere and we're so grateful to God for them and uh, we're so excited about what God will do. So imminently uh, get the date out. But listen, um, please pray for them. Uh, thanks guys. So, now we'll let you know the secret passwords and things like that. <laughs> again, can I also say that under the, again, Apostolic Council was so good, and so what that means is that next year we'll be growing the team further. Right, early next year the team will expand again, and we'll just keep you posted about that, but it will be happening same time next year, if not earlier. All right, so the team is growing because we know as a church we need to grow. All right, so that's very important as well. And please email me, text me, let me know what you feel about this. I uh, want to hear from you, uh, feed into it. We're all together as a family, so please let me know what God's saying to you as well about this. I could mention so many other areas. Time is going. We need to go deeper in prayer. We want to continue with HOTS and Alpha. Many of these things we pray for. We want to become more and more a home for many cultures. Sam has been away this weekend up at uh, Ratna, church up in uh, Whanganui, just outside of there, meeting with other uh, groups, networking, how we can become more and more uh, a, a bicultural, multicultural, many-coloured church. Hallelujah. That is a high value for us, and we're very excited about what God is doing. Hallelujah. But I guess, really, I'm trying to get across this morning the need for challenge and change, because uh, there are promises to be fulfilled. And as we said, this isn't always easy. Sometimes things don't happen as fast as we'd like. But here is something else I learned from Abraham, or really God's dealings with Abraham. And let me just close, leave you with this thought, finish this morning by looking at Genesis 15. All right, Genesis 15. All right, it says there in Genesis 15, after this, after his victory over the kings of the plain and many Years probably after Genesis 12, when God first heard the promise. After this, it says, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? 
And Abram said, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed. Beautiful. I love this passage. God is speaking again to Abraham, and you can catch Abraham's frustration and pain in his prayers. He kind of breaks in on God. You've given me no children. It's like, God, after all these years, come on, where's the fulfillment of the promise? Where's a sign? But you know what I love is how God handles Abraham. It says he, he took him outside and showed him the stars and said, so shall your offspring be. And you know, I believe as a church, God wants to take us outside and show us the stars again. And in fact, I feel he is doing that more and more these days. Because you can get confined inside, can't you? I can imagine Abraham sitting inside his little tent in the dark, because the stars are out, we know it's night, a little candle flickering in front of him thinking, you've given me no kids. When will it ever happen, God? Folks, we can sometimes feel that way about church promises, and actually we can feel that way about our own promises too. God, you made promises to me about the kids. You promised me about that ministry, that calling, that place you were calling us to, that vision, that breakthrough, that healing. God, I'm still here. You spoke to me. Where are you, God? And the little candle flickers. Can I just say, it's time to dust off those promises again. Time to allow God to take you outside by the Spirit and show you the stars and give you faith for the vision and the promises to be fulfilled. I felt as I was preparing there, some folks here, God has spoken to you, some of you, years ago. God spoke to you about a vision a promise, and you haven't seen it through yet. And the candle's flickering. God wants to take you out of that and to see the stars again, even this morning, by the Spirit. It's time to dust off those promises again. Time to allow God to take you outside by the Spirit, give you faith for the big vision. As a church, He wants to show us the stars and that we will truly become, this is our vision, to become a, a grace-filled, spirit-filled, word-honoring community, flowing in the way Jesus always intended, happy and secure as the children of God, moving in the power of the kingdom, a home for every culture, every background, an apostolic resource base for the nation and beyond. I want to ask you this morning, are you still up for this? Some of you have just started coming among us. What about you? Will you join us? I often say to people when they come to us as a church, don't look at what we are, look at where we want to be and then come and help us build it. Amen. 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 Out of the mouth of babes. Great advert for the kids' work right there. You prepared to step up and do in order to move towards the promise and move into the next phase. You know, we laugh at that old photo, so cute and so young, they all look so small, but I believe in a few years' time they'll be looking back at us and laughing because we will be so different to what we are now. Let's believe then for the big thing. And Abraham believed. 
Let's stand. Shall we just stand where we are? Hallelujah. Let's stand. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Just forget about the person next to you for a second. There are moments, you know, I believe in church life and church history when, when God wants to get our attention. This week of prayer has been about that for us. Ooh. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you saved us out of futility. And you saved us into destiny. We want to thank you for the big promises, God. The big promises. We shall be with you in glory. Father, we praise you for that. And you've given us promises right now during our lives to be with us always and to bless us and to be for us. Hallelujah. And we thank you. You've also given us prophetic words too and vision and pictures, God. And many of us have stepped out on them and yet we're still to see the fulfillment. Father, we are coming to you who are faithful, so faithful. And we're saying, Father, we step out of our little dark corners and we open the tent flap and we step out and we look at the stars, we look at your promises, we look at who you are, that you are unchangeable and unshakable, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the same yesterday, today and forever. And we say, Lord, we believe you. We believe you for all that you have said to us. So Father, we present ourselves before you this morning and we say, God, please breathe on us again in Jesus' name. Energize us for the next phase. Breathe on us, breath of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to close with just a song. But listen, as we sing the song that Jack has miraculously thought up, I don't know what it is, but listen, I know it'll be good. But as he, as he sings it, could you please reach, as it were, beyond the song to God? And I know there are some here. I felt as I was preparing, there are one or two. There's, there's someone here who had a vision for a house, something to do with a house, a home, a large home. Maybe it's going to be used in ministry, I don't know. But it's been there with you. And it hasn't come through yet. I believe God wants to meet with you show you the stars by the Spirit. But there are others too here and you know you've carried things in your heart over the years. I believe God wants to show you the stars even this morning by the Spirit. He wants you to resurrect or raise up old promises that you've put on the shelf. But when you dust off the promises, you'll find that they are bigger and better than you remember them because God is doing a new thing in your life you to walk into those promises. So if that's you this morning, as we sing this song, I want to just encourage you to come forward. I'd love to stand with you and pray with you and pray that God will show you the stars, that faith might drop into your heart and that you might move into the next phase of seeing those promises fulfilled. Amen? So we'll sing this song once and during the singing of the song, if that's you, you respond. I'd love to pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you.